0: This week on the Colin and Smear podcast, we talk about the future of the world. From concerts to restaurants to college, we're about to see a big shift in the way that the world looks, which means a lot of change and a lot of innovation. On this episode, we talk about and make predictions about what we think the future of the world will look like. We also talk about our own business, how it's changing, and specifically, how we're working on developing a course about storytelling. Last week, we asked you guys to email us your thoughts about the course, and we wanted to specifically thank Garrett Eddy, Hendrik, who emailed us from the Netherlands, and Lygia. You guys sent us some really thoughtful emails with some really good points about the course that we used in our brainstorms this week, and uh, they were really helpful. And it just made us think how cool it is that we feel like we're not only creating this course for you guys, but we're also creating it with you. We're also jumping on a Zoom call with a listener who takes a lot of online courses. We just want to make sure that we're providing the most value out of our storytelling course. And we really feel like specialized learning, like about storytelling or online content creation, is kind of like the future of education. So that's a great teaser to get into the rest of the episode. We hope you guys enjoy this episode of the Colin and Samir podcast. So this week we drove around LA and checked out some like old concert venues that we used to go to. And I've been going to these concert venues since I was 13 years old. Like that's what I did as a kid. Uh, And it was pretty weird to see them empty and like the marquees empty. Just like the whole thing was very strange.
1: Yeah, very bizarre. And, you know, for me, I didn't grow up in LA, but I love going to concerts. And from the moment I moved to LA, literally one of the first things I did was go to a concert. I like went by myself. Like I was one of those guys, like I just love concerts. So it was one of the first things I did when I moved to L.A. was started exploring these concert venues. And it's so weird to think about, you know, six months ago, I was at the Echo on Sunset Boulevard and it was so much fun and packed with people. And I didn't even think twice about, oh, this is too packed. You know, now it's just shut down. And that's one of those things
0: that, you know, as things potentially start to smooth out and normalize, that's one of those things that's not going to be normal for a long time. Like a concert. And a small concert venue that's packed is like, that experience is not, it's just not going to be the same. I mean, I
1: think back to those concerts, people are sweating and they're all over you. I
0: mean, your face is like on someone's shoulder and someone else's face is on your shoulder. Like that's how close you
1: are. I can't imagine ever again being comfortable with that
0: experience. Yeah, it'll always be in your head.
1: It'll always be in my head. Yeah. That's a
0: crazy thought uh, to think about and- you know who knows what the future of live music looks like. I mean, mu- the music industry is so big that it's going to be—it's ha- going to have to be something that's figured out. But our video this week was about the Travis Scott Fortnite concert, which is—you know—one iteration of the future of live music, which is this virtual in-game experience, uh, which was a 10-minute concert from Travis Scott. Anyway, watch our YouTube video if you don't know what we're talking about. We—we we explain it. Um, but it was really interesting to see, like things are going to evolve now and they're going to carry with us after all of this normalizes. And uh, that might be something
1: that's more prevalent, you know, like a virtual concert. Especially now with the way that we've all been supplementing our social lives with zoom hangouts. Mm -hmm. Granted we're not showing up as like video game avatar versions of ourselves, but we have gotten so comfortable with the sort of digital replacement for social interaction.
0: Yeah, I you know we put this out on our Instagram and asked the question like is are are we seeing the end of concerts and so many people came back and was like nothing will ever replace an in person experience and I totally agree with that like I for me when even my favorite artist plays live on YouTube or Instagram Live right now I can watch for five minutes but I'm like I'm not gonna keep that it's like I can't I can't just watch there's that.
1: nothing like feeling the energy of the crowd and feeling the base when you're in the yeah. room and just having an, an entire evening that's so or used to be so different from what your day to day was but while
0: we were editing this piece the more and more I watched the Travis Scott one I kind of got it I don't play Fortnite I've I've actually never played Fortnite I don't even have a modern video gaming console like I I couldn't even play if if I wanted to uh, but watching it I kind of understood as seeing people's reaction it's like this is a world that they spend a lot of time in And when Travis Scott comes into their world and alters their world, that experience is pretty cool for them and like pretty exciting for 27 million people who got to experience it. And I kind of get that there was a lot of reaction on our Instagram that was like, no, like this virtual experience isn't the same. You're not experiencing something with other people, but you kind of are in, in like this Fortnite experience. There's 27 million other people watching and you're all experiencing the same thing.
1: It's not too dissimilar for us, you know, as people who spend tons of time on YouTube. That's one version of our world Mm -hmm. that is separate from our real life day to day. Um, When maybe Will Smith joined YouTube and everyone on the platform was, had their eyes on it. And it was so cool that he was there at the party. So concerts open next
0: year, let's say January, February, and your favorite band is playing. Are you
1: going? Oh, man. I would, I don't know. It's hard to say, you know? I mean, there was one band who was doing a reunion show and they hadn't played in like eight to 10 years called The Format. It's my favorite band. The first band I started watching, we bonded over like both loving The Format when we first met. And they, you know, broke up maybe 10 years ago and they were just about to start up again and they had a concert on March 18th and it was canceled. And now their whole tour is canceled. Mm. And it's hard to think about, like, if they came back a year from now, all the regulations are lifted. Am I going? I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I want to, but I also would like some sort of, you know, social distancing to take place, even though I'm not the expert on whether we need that or not. Yeah. But it's already embedded in me that I would like some sort of social distancing to happen. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think that's that's a really interesting thing. I mean, the, the one thing is, you know, the long lasting effects of this, of like that thought in your head all the time, you know, for, for I would say 50% of the people I know and the other 50% are done. They're just like, that's the end. No more of that. I'm done with that. Like not interested in that anymore. So that's an interesting thing about like the future of the world where things are going to change. People are going to have different viewpoints. I'm curious if there's anything personally that you're doing right now that you will carry with you in like your home or day-to-day life after quarantine. This was actually a question that came through our Instagram Q&A and uh, I I, I thought of some really interesting things. Something
1: I would hope that I take with me is cooking at home. I really enjoy it and it saves money and it's been a really fun thing to do and I just hope that I continue doing that. I can't imagine going back to like you know buying as much food as i was buying before yeah. from places um so that's that's the first one that comes to mind
0: cooking at home coffee at home yeah but there's one thing that i've picked up that i think i will do for the for a long time now maybe for the rest of my life i'm listening to podcasts in
1: the shower that's interesting i've done that a couple times but i i used to do that before all i had
0: never done it because because i had so much driving time and i started to realize like wait I'm not listening to as many podcasts as I used to. And I love listening to podcasts. So when can I listen to podcasts? And I try and find these times in my day now where I can listen to a podcast. And so that's shower is like one of like the best places I can get like 10 minutes of a podcast in and which is starting to, I think maybe the rise of like the short form podcast will come during this time. Cause like snacks daily, which is an awesome podcast, it's, like a financial podcast that breaks down like the top three stories and Mm -hmm. in finance and like, like, you know, business news, it's 15 minutes every day. So between brushing my teeth, taking a shower and getting ready, I can finish an episode. And that's like, so cool and fun. It's like, I get all my news from them in that short amount of time. Um, So I, I think that's like a really interesting thing
1: that I'll probably take with me. It's like so enjoyable. I think short podcasts in general, will continue to trend. They just fit in so nicely to these little moments. I used to be
0: able to finish like multiple hour long podcasts in a day. And that just shows you how much I was driving
1: three hours a day. Easy in LA minimum, like three to four hours a day. Yeah. I found that I've, uh, I moved about two weeks ago. It just seems like I'm always moving, but I moved about two weeks ago into a new place and we don't have a TV and, uh, Mal and i were talking about like do we even really need a tv Mm. in our living room because we've been fine like we've been finding other ways to like listen to music we now we're spending more time cooking like we played cards the other night right like we're just because of what happened with quarantine we were looking for other things to fill our time because we had more time Um, and though some of those things have lasted like the idea of like why don't we play a board game or cards was not something that ever came to mind for me um and it just has made us think, like, do we even really need a TV? We're being such more, we're being so much more specific with what we're choosing to watch. Like, it's like one show, that's it. That's mm-hmm. all the viewing I do. I'm not even watching as much YouTube as I used to, unless mm-hmm. someone sends me a link. Like, I don't yeah. really do like YouTube sessions like I used to. It's just become very, like, yeah. specific. I'm pretty intense about YouTube
0: sessions. And I, I actually watch, this is a crazy thing to do, but I watch YouTube with a notepad and I just write what i like cuz it's like if i feel competitive around like and like i feel like i'm learning yeah when i'm watching top creators i'm just like writing down what they're doing and i'm like that's so interesting i'm like such a student of the platform totally my youtube consumption is high i'm if i'm doing the dishes i'm watching a youtube video yeah if i'm like it, 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 at any moment i feel like i want to and but i'm pretty specific with what i'm watching but i check the trending tab every day to see what's trending Like, I'm fascinated by how the platform, like, what works on the platform.
1: Totally. And a lot of things, too, are just about reminding yourself. It might be something you already knew or learned at one point, but you're just not implementing it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we've seen a lot of successful YouTubers lately using this little animation that comes up and tells you to subscribe and click the notification bell so that you can get notified about our videos, uh, about their videos. And we've never done that, but it's super easy to implement. You can, like, download this animation. Yeah, yeah put it right into your edits and it compels you to subscribe. You know, 80%, almost 80% of our viewers viewership. Yeah. are not subscribed. Right. Yeah. And there's, th- that's a problem,
0: right? Cause this is our, I mean like as we, as we've leaned more into YouTube, like this is our business. So people not subscribing is a problem that we have to solve. And then also like our viewership is highly dependent on audience. Like if the audience sticks around during the videos and uh that was something that you know a lot of big, a lot of po- like popular and successful YouTubers have said to us is like audience retention first it's click through rate which is your thumbnail second audience retention so like one thing that i've been toying around with which i i mentioned to you and i'm curious if you're listening to this podcast what you think of this but i've been toying around with like during our videos because they're broken up into different segments what if there was like a dial showing you that a set, how long a segment was and then maybe notifying you about the next segment. I'm curious if you're listening, like what do you think about that? Would that be distracting? You see it a lot on Instagram where people like there's like a, a bar and it's like running out or like it shows you how much time is left in the video so that mm-hmm. you know when to complete it. But I think it could be interesting to have like break it up into three or five segments in one of our videos and show you how long those are visually so that you're compelled to stick around for the next one and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And the next one.
1: There's a uh, show on ESPN that has yeah. topics on the left. Is it pardon my take? Yeah. Or, yeah. And there's a timer. And so you know that each topic on the left is has a designated, you know, 90 seconds or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you're consistently following the timer and seeing all of these different topics get knocked off. Yeah. I think like from a
0: YouTube landscape, as we talk about things that will probably last after this, what I think is interesting is watching pe- certain people innovate um, like our friends, yes, theory, they launched a second channel because they're recognizing now, like there's a lot of fun content that they want to make that doesn't, that's not their typical yes theory show. And the reality is with them, so much of their content revolves around travel, strangers and like, yeah, I mean, you really think about it and throwing experiences. Yeah. Those three things are out the door and they've had to take a step back and reshape and rethink what it means. Their video, uh, their last video, I thought was phenomenal, which was like calling YouTubers and you know pitching ha- them crazy, yeah, ideas. going through an uncomfortable experience of pitching them horrible ideas. Um, but then additionally, they launched a second channel because they're looking at it where once all of this is over, they want to carry those like house videos on on that second channel. That second channel already has one hundred fifty thousand subs, and like. That is the type of, I think, innovation that is really interesting and and cool to see in our
1: world. Yeah, it is interesting to try and find the positive in what's happened and think, like, how many good things are happening now that would not have happened before? I mean, clearly, I'm sure it doesn't outweigh what has happened. No, yeah, not at all. Just to think about the positive and think about what are some of the innovative, interesting new things that we're all seeing that are coming out of this. The main
0: thing that you and I talked about this week was... um, Like, when you think about the future of the world and the future, you know, beyond this is, like, restaurants are a really interesting one that's another one of those things. That's, like, a concert where it's, like, am I going to want to go to a restaurant even when it's open? Like, I've seen some, like, maps. There's a restaurant in Pasadena that created, like, plexiglass barriers between tables. And it's, like, is
1: is that... what I'm interested in after and this, like, unfortunately, the, I don't know. All the staff is going to supposedly have to wear masks. Same with the diners. Gloves and same with the diners, which I don't even understand. Are you putting the food under your mask? And at that point, has it just ruined the experience? Yeah, I look back like eight months ago, I think it was uh, when I was getting a new car, I was like waiting for paperwork to get done and it was going to take like an hour or something. So I walked down to this diner outside the car dealership and I sit down by myself and have lunch and all of a sudden this like young couple next to me just starts talking to me about a hat I was wearing and we started talking and they were like, Hey, you want to come sit over here? And it was this incredible dining mm-hmm. experience that was so fun. And it, made, it reminded me of all of the fun times I've had specifically in cities like New York city where you're close to everyone and you end up talking to the table next to you and you end up having these amazing random encounters with strangers. And it's just so interesting to think like, is that, is that done with in the restaurant industry? Like what is the true lasting impact? To the restaurant industry.
0: Yeah. Well, I think one thing that we talked about was uh, Uber and Uber Eats, which is, you know, finding success right now. Um, they're acquiring Grubhub. And you think about, like, what if all these kitchens of all these restaurants became Uber's kitchens? Like, not necessarily that they own them, but Uber releases a menu that's like Uber Cantina and it makes like Mexican food. And you could buy a burrito off the Uber menu. Now, they'll pick up that burrito from the closest kitchen that's operating. And if you're a cook or a chef, you could sign up to say, I'm free Thursday from five to eight. I can come into this kitchen close to my house and
1: cook some Uber burritos. Yeah. And they, you know, Uber obviously already has the infrastructure. Wait a
0: second. Ooh, burrito. Ooh,
1: there burrito. it is. I mean, that's great. I mean, the name is great. Hey, could I get an Uberito? The name is great, but the idea is crazy. I mean, it's not crazy. Yeah. It's, it's something that I think really probably will happen. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure it will also compete with restaurants in the private sector. It's not going to be like total domination. But it is interesting to think about that as restaurants go out of business and there's all these restaurants that exist with the infrastructure to cook and chefs who are out of business. Are there chefs now who are just hired by Uber just like drivers are? They clock in for a I mean, shift, they come probably. in, they make burritos, go burritos, yeah. They could make anything. The next day they go, they make burgers. Ooh burgers. Oh, gosh. <laughs>
0: they can make anything. You Sushi. Know? Udon noodles. Uber don, uber don, uh. ube, ube, lattes. Anything. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They can make anything. They can make anything. Yeah. You can really add a u to anything. I went to a friend's Zoom wedding, which... Mind you, was so impressively produced with multi-camera switches, uh, intermission music. Like, there was like, it was so well produced. I was so impressed with it. And and emotionally, I was impressed that I was like in it. Everyone got to be at home and then like, you go about your day. Now, mind you, I'm someone who was supposed to get married next month. I will not be having a Zoom wedding It's not does not interest me for me. That is like an in-person thing or nothing Um, But I was impressed with it uh, Like with with how much we've adapted to just being like, okay, yeah, this is like we'll do this now
1: There are so many institutions that are just being broken down like like the wedding industry is so crazy and you wonder Will it deprioritize Weddings for some people moving forward like will that be a lasting impact?
0: Yeah, for sure. And think about someone who's a wedding planner. Like, where do you go now? Like, wedding planners do uh, event planning and weddings. Like,
1: yeah. What happens now? I mean, this experience has really shown us all truly what matters and what's important. And I think sometimes you may, like, some couples obviously are realizing, you know what? What matters is that we love each other and that we get married and we declare this and, you know, we move on. Not necessarily the event that we have. I mean, a friend of ours put a wedding together in a matter of hours. Right. And got married on zoom. Be- and that was that
0: biggest difference is that, uh, he's not Indian. So yes. Indian weddings will still have, there will still be an industry because of Indian, Indian weddings. weddings yeah, yeah. That's, that's why there will be an industry yeah. because we will hold out. We are now holding out almost two more years. Wow. So we've, we will be engaged for over three years until we get
1: married. Amazing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Cause it's like, we're having this big wedding. So another industry that's been totally shaken up and it's curious to think about the future of it, is education. Millions of college students not going back to school or going back in a virtual way. I I put myself in the shoes of some of these college students right now. If I was a sophomore in college and someone told me that next semester I was going to be doing another semester of Zoom from home school, I think I would say, no thanks. I'm going to keep my tuition, and I'm going to try and figure out something else.
0: For sure. And also, I mean, this week, um, so this week's graduation Um, it was also for some people it was graduation for some people it was AP exams and they took their AP exams and there was a glitch and none of them, like almost half of them didn't get submitted properly. So like, there's all these issues with the way, like they're trying to like jam this standardized way of education into like a virtual, like a modern setting now. And it's just not going to work. Um, but I agree with you. I think if that was the case, if someone was like, your college is going to be on zoom in the fall. I think I would be like, no, I'll take a year off and I'll figure it out. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, let me, let me figure something else out. And, you know, again, that's where like specialized learning is coming into play right now where, you know, you could either go to like next year, you're going to have a choice. Are you going to go to college for the year? Or could you take a couple of online courses, learn some new skill and maybe start something on your own online? Like, and I think that's a lot of the reason why we're making a course because it's like, I believe in specialized learning. I think it's really cool, either as supplementary to something you want to do or really like if now, if, if you don't want to go and do Zoom learning, like you could be like, I really want to become an online creator or I really want to become a coder. There's a lot of coding schools online. Like there's all these specialized, um, you know, ways to learn. I will never look at someone and say, my college experience wasn't worth it because my college experience was totally worth it. I had a great time. I grew a ton as a person. I like had a community. I had all these experiences that are irreplaceable. You could not get that if you didn't go, but there is a viable option now in specialized learning online.
1: Definitely. That's a good point. I mean, you can't replace your college experience, you know, what it means to be in person with that many people. But if that's not an option right now,
0: it's not an option, so yeah. So I think mean, like Cal State just announced that like there will be no classes in the fall.
1: You know, a mix of it being not an option, it being less of the experience that it's supposed to be, you know, and just having this really interesting choice ahead of you for the people who are currently there to try and gain a skill that can work in the digital economy that like still seems to be holding strong in mm-hmm. a way like a lot of these digital skill sets are still very active, if not more like being used more actively than they were before. And I do want
0: to just, uh, you know, while we talk about our course and, and just what we're thinking about when it comes to this course, I do want to shout out the people who sent us emails. We got some really thoughtful emails from you guys, uh, over the past week about the course that we brought into our brainstorm and really used as fuel to help us figure out this curriculum. And as, as we're working on it, um, you know we're we're working in the direction of this first course being more structured towards storytelling and actually how to use storytelling to build an audience online and and kind of that first step of telling a story, which is crafting the right idea. Um, and so it's a really interesting you know way to develop this curriculum around what to do before you turn on a camera. Like what decisions are you making before you turn on a camera? When we look at like the phases of online learning for our specific, Um, course and what we want to teach. We want to go from ideation to figuring out um, monetization. So it's like, how do I come up with the right idea? How do I make it? How do I package it? How do I market myself? And then how do I turn this into a sustainable career? That's a lot of different elements in in the learning process, but we've gone through this twice now and learned a ton from our mistakes uh, and from our successes. And I think it's like a really good I'm just so excited. When I look at the curriculum, I'm like, this is exactly what I want to be teaching someone to do because I wish someone taught me
1: when we first started. I also get really excited about the thought of how we can teach it, looking at what's already out there and applying our storytelling skills to the actual videos that teach you storytelling Mm -hmm. so that we can keep people engaged, keep them entertaining a little bit faster paced and interesting. That's what really excites me because I feel like we have an interesting skill set and an interesting style that can be applied to this digital online education format. For sure. I think like when I
0: look back at my college and I I studied film and, you know, there's a lot of film theory classes that I still remember and a lot of film history that I loved. Um, But some of the best learning moments was when I actually had to go do something. And, um, That's why the whole film program was so powerful for me because I actually got to go do something, make something. And I, I mean, we're talking 12 years later and I can remember every film I made in college and all the lessons from that, like from actually doing it. So I think we're incorporating a lot of exercises We're or making sure that even though you're home watching us through, you know, a virtual setting that you'll be really engaged in actually creating something that you can, you know, learn from through the process. We're not just going to be talking at you. Uh, but you're actually going to be working with us and like figuring out how to develop your ideas um, during the course.
1: Yeah, I would love to know from everyone listening, you know, have you taken any online education courses? Which ones are courses that you enjoyed? And were there any specific types of exercises where you did something, you, you made something? while you were taking the course and, like, what that experience was.
0: Mm-hmm. We're, we're actually having a call with, uh, we, we put a tweet out over the week about this, and we're having a call with someone on Tuesday, um, shout out Genki, um, to just hear from him. So, like, if you are also someone who's like, man, I take a ton of online courses, I'd love to talk to these guys, just shoot us an email or a tweet and we'll, we'll like, hop on. Uh, either we'll, we'll shoot, we'll exchange some emails or we'll actually get on, like, a Zoom call. Speaking of Zoom calls, we're doing our first uh, Zoom panel conference thing yes yeah to like hundreds, hundreds. of people yeah hundreds of people yeah. will be listening to us uh actually while this podcast is out probably while you're listening to it because it's uh it's on monday but what do you uh what are you feeling about that
1: strictly i mean i'm, I'm only nervous that people's internet are Me too. gonna i'm you know.
0: totally nervous about technology buffering like there's nothing worse than on zoom when you're like oh did I lose you? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no. And then you all of a sudden they're still talking and you're like, "Oh my god, I just missed three sentences. Do I tell them to go back? Do I just pretend it didn't happen?" Especially when you have an audience of hundreds of people.
1: Yeah, it's much harder to convey emotion too. So if you try and yeah. give a joke, the chances that it won't land are very high. For sure, cuz there's like
0: lag and like all kinds of
1: stuff. Yeah. So and we're going to try and make it a little bit interactive. Um, yeah. So we're not just talking at everyone that they're actually engaging with us. So yeah, you know, a lot of factors. We'll see how it goes. It's a lot of factors. I mean, we,
0: we've done in-person stuff and even that, even that is challenging sometimes if you don't get the audience engaged properly in the beginning. Um, Zoom, I think will be a really interesting experience and we'll definitely check back and talk about oh, that experience because yeah, be, it's going to be, re- it's going to be really interesting. I'm very excited and very nervous all at the same time to do a Zoom Conference.
1: At least we have the questions, most of the questions. So I feel like we have a trajectory where if everything just goes wrong, we can just, you know, start answering. Yep. <laughs> what do you think the biggest challenge or pain point
0: is now in quarantine that differs from when it first started? Like, it t- you know, two, three episodes ago, we did 10 things we learned from 10 days in quarantine. Now that we're maybe not in quote-unquote quarantine, Just we're just in real life now. This is just life for a while. What are the new things that have come up or new challenges?
1: Um, I I don't know if it's specific to quarantine. It's maybe specific to us, but I feel like we've been trying to do this for a while, but just scaling our business. And um, it's like time is the most valuable thing you have, and sometimes we just don't have that much of it. So uh, learning how to have more time. And you know, I think more time on your hands also helps the business uh, because sometimes when you get to do other random things you wouldn't be doing, you come up with those great ideas. Right. Yeah. So really just like scaling what we do so that more gets done when our hands aren't on computers or on cameras. Yeah,
0: for sure. I find the hardest balance is now that I feel like I have nothing but time. And I have a really hard time putting guardrails around my time. Like I will, especially right now, I will just go. Like I will just work until someone says stop. And I think that's like been something that I feel like for the foreseeable future, there's not as many plans. So like actually having to put blocks of time in to say like, no, like, this is not a time yeah. anymore.
1: I think we both have to do that. We both have to figure that out. Yeah. You know, but it's easier to do that when I think we have like our operation scaled and like, and things are more under control when we know how long it's going to take to research a video, how long it's going to take right. to make a video.
0: Yeah. And I think that, that part of the puzzle, like I'm thankful to have the time to think about that part because when you're doing that part, you have to be doing two things at once, taking care of day-to-day tasks and then looking at, the rest of the business and saying, how do we actually do that? How does someone else do this task that I'm doing right now? I have to train them to think like me. Yeah. So that's like a, that's a really interesting one. So I'll end on that. We'll end on that note about us scaling. And if you are in Los Angeles or remote, we've gotten some great emails from people who are interested in working with us. Um, over the course of probably the next couple of months, we will be looking at people to bring on uh, onto our team both from editing, you know, writing, research, um, working on other projects. If you're interested, if you like our style, if you like the type of videos we make and you feel like you could be helpful to us, uh, shoot us an email, let us know. Um, we are you know, starting to, to grow our little uh, boutique content company and it's, it's really fun and it's really interesting. And I think if you are someone who's listening to this podcast and you're like, hmm, I'd like to get involved in that industry, Especially as we go into online learning and, and developing a uh, uh, you know a course and curriculum and, and kind of like really looking at the future of being a part of what the future of the world looks like, uh, redefining education and redefining what we're doing with media. So I hope that was a good pitch to try and join our team if you're interested.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I was <laughs> excited. Okay. I think you know everyone that we've ever worked with, including you know the nature of our relationship we've met those people through the internet yeah, through things like this. So it's not that crazy. No, (laughs) it's not that crazy. (laughs) It's actually the only way we know how to do it. It's the only way we've ever done it. So,
0: that's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. If you are someone who works in one of those industries, whether it's events and concerts or live music or restaurants, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear kind of your experience with all of this. What do you think is going to happen on the other side? We'd also love to hear from those of you who are in school right now. What do you feel like the next version of education looks like? Are you interested in online classes or online courses like the one that we're talking about developing? i really curious to hear your thoughts about that. All right. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can tweet us your thoughts. Check us out on Instagram. We're releasing a lot more content there now. Subscribe to us on YouTube and we will see you here next week for another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast.